Rosie on the house is on the road at the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association's Fall Show. Live from Tucson, here's Romy and Rosie. And it has been a very fun, exciting broadcast. It's one of those few times a year where we have the team split up across the state. Jennifer's been in Prescott for the Folk Festival. We're in Tucson for the Saba Home Show. We have so much going on this year and gearing up for Rosie's 30th year broadcast anniversary. It's hard to keep on topic, but let me just say one time real quick. Don't send any more pictures. We told you we were going to close it at the end of September. Voting is now open, and people go to what, vote, what, and they're, and they're like. What pictures? What are you talking about? So our home maintenance calendar. We left a spot for you, our listener, this to This is a calendar we're building for publication for next year. Free to the homeowner. Just send us your address. Let us know you want it, and we'll send it. it we'll have it at Saba Home Shows next week to hand out. Our partners will have it to hand out. It'll just tell you month per month what you should be doing on your home. It's but a content-driven calendar. But we wanted it to be beautiful, beautiful as well. So we opened it up to our listeners to email us pictures of Arizona uh, landscape and wildlife. I don't think we realize how many of our listeners have cameras. <laughs> and I, I don't think we realize how many good photographers apparently listen to Rosie on the House. And we have 103 that we narrowed it down to. If there was pictures of people in it or buildings, uh, for the most part, we stripped all those out. People would send pictures of, like, their family around a saguaro cactus. <laughs> and so, no, no, just, just, just the landscape. Um, there's, there's a few slight exceptions here and there. Uh, the American flag's included on the backdrop of a houseboat that's out over Lake Pleasant. We've kept that in. Oh, yeah. Go to rosieonthehouse.com slash calendar. Can't send us any more pictures. We're done. We had three weeks. We promoted it, and people sent them in. It's just voting now. So go through there and pick out the 12 and email us your top 12. It was going to be such a cost uh, burden to build the technology for people to just click where they couldn't hit refresh and vote again, open up Chrome web browser and vote again, then open up Safari and vote again, and open up you know, a, a different browser and hit refresh. So it's strictly email. Click the info link. Type in your 12 picture numbers that correspond with your picks. Send them in. We'll be voting for the next two weeks, and then after that we'll be assigning what months they go into. So that'll be you know, our, our listeners are helping us build this home maintenance calendar as part of our 30th year anniversary. So lots of fun, exciting things at Rosie on the house. Uh, 2018 is going to be, this is 2017 is a great year. 2018 is going to be a great year. Help, uh, help you guys get your house, home, castler cabin and the perfect, uh, you know, living situation environment and quality of life for you and your lifestyle. But today, just one As more asset that we've put together to earn our way into your heart to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And today we're 10 doing 10 o'clock hour, we drill down deep on particular topics so that you, the Arizona homeowner, can not just be educated on the surface, but you can be educated down deep on particular topics so you aren't taken advantage of by slate of hand or misdirected or misinformation in the marketing material of certain manufacturers. So every Sunday, we do an article in the Arizona Daily Star where we answer questions that we receive from homeowners in Pima and Pinal and Santa Cruz County, Cochise County. And in tomorrow's paper, we got a question about a softener, water softener. 
Here's the question. I'm having a new home built, and it's being pre-plumbed for a water softener. But now I'm wondering if I should get a water treatment system for drinking water instead. What do you think? Well, let's take a couple minutes and educate this particular person as well as every other listener because there is hardly any industry in the world that isn't drowned with misinformation more than the water treatment industry. We have Jack Eversole from Connecticut of Tucson. Could you consider politics an industry? That might be <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> might be a close If it's second. an industry, they might take water treatment on that. Might statement. be a close side. Jack, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thank you, Rosie, and thank you, Romy, for having me today here at the Saba Home Show. Our water treatment specialist for the Tucson area. Jack, how are you going to answer this question? I think I think we have to set him straight on what water treatment is first. Why don't you take it from the top? Building a new home. Should I get a water treatment system or just something for drinking water instead? Well, to answer the question, it's really kind of, it is simple. Hard water is found all around the country. 85% of America has a hard water issue. Tucson has got extremely hard water, a lot of calcium, alkali in the water that causes the white buildup on the shower doors, the faucets, the fixtures, the shower heads, gets in your dishwasher, and then it creates dry, itchy skin. So unable to remove that calcium hardness, the EPA, the National Sanitation Foundation, and the Water Quality Association all say you need to use an ion exchange, albeit salt or potassium as a catalyst. This is hooked up in the garage where this loop is, where this customer is talking about. That will protect the house, the pipes, the plumbing. It'll make the water palatable for drinking, key word being palatable. Well, a lot of people are concerned about health nowadays. What am I drinking when I buy that bottle of water at the grocery store? Am I getting nothing more than tap water processed through a carbon block filter? Yes, a lot of times you are. The only way to purify water is to boil it, distill it, or use reverse osmosis. So the best thing to do is to do your investigation, do your homework, because we offer both systems. We come out, we test the water for you. But the reverse osmosis system is independent. It goes underneath the kitchen sink. It has a thin film membrane that eliminates the contaminants like the inorganic calcium, magnesium, sodium, lead, cryptosporidium, gerardia, things we don't want going into our body, Rosie, and that's directly at the kitchen sink through a beautiful dedicated faucet and fed to your refrigerator to protect the ice maker and water dispenser against any potential problems and give you nice, clear ice cubes that melt in your favorite beverage, whatever it may be, and give you a better taste. There you go. So taking it from the top, you have the water treated by the water treatment company or the municipality being delivered to your house. Correct. And that has certain things added to it intentionally. Chlorine or sure. chloramines. Here in Tucson, it's mainly chloramines okay. at about 1.75 parts per million. It's pertinent ideal for, for a swimming pool. Okay. So is that really the drinking water you want to be drinking or showering in constantly? Not. So uh, I hear a lot of commercials, Jack, you know, regardless of what you say, that uh, I could throw some magnets on that line and, and have the whole problem taken care of. You're talking about pseudoscience technology, Rosie, <laughs> because there is no system patented that does not use either salt or potassium, which will rid the hard water scale buildup. Oh, how about, about the electric wire that I can wrap, ar <laughs> that I can wrap around my right. incoming line? It sends a positive charge across the water to change positive calcium ions and keeps them in suspension. Basically, it's bunk. Basically, I, I tell people, look, if it doesn't have the Water Quality Association stamp of approval, I, I, I can't I can't guide people 
any easier than that, can I? That's exactly right. Is there something easier I can say? There isn't. And our recommendation is always, if you're in doubt, call the State of Arizona Water Quality Association. They're there for the consumer. It's a third-party organization, and they can be reached at 480-947-9850. Mr. Dave Perry. That's exactly right. Now, on that one you were talking about where it's a little wire that you have to wrap around the, the copper, there are instances, Jack, honestly, we will tell people to go ahead and do that, and here's why. You can't keep a warranty on a tankless water heater without one of those as it comes from the manufacturing. So if you've spent a couple grand to run a bigger gas or electric line to your tankless water heater, invest in the three times the cost the tankless water heater is over a conventional water heater, why not waste that extra 300 bucks to protect your warranty? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I hear what now, you're saying. And 90% of those cases, the people say, you know what? Actually, it's like more like 98% of the time. I'll just go with a standard water heater. <laughs> right, exactly. And here in Tucson, with the average life expectancy, at, we give you an idea. Tucson water is at 16 grain per gallon of hardness. One grain of hardness or less is soft water. At three and a half to five grains, you start getting the scale buildup in your water heater, your dishwasher, everywhere the water goes. By putting in a water softener and having the resin in the tank, it'll extract that calcium hardness, keeping it away from your water heater, protecting it 12, 15 years, but not only saving your, wa your uh, gas or electric bill, three to five dollars a month. It's a win-win situation overall. And so we're taking this out. We're treating water. And I tell people when they ask me what treatment equipment do I recommend, I always ask them, well, what are you trying to get done? I mean, I can put five gallons of tap water in a five-gallon bucket and stir it with a paddle. And I'm treating the water. I'm aerating it. You're aerating it to get rid of the chlorine and chloramines. off gas it. it. You know, exactly right. just off-gas it. So what are you trying to get done? And I, I, I ask people, okay, do you want to use less soap? Do you want to protect your plumbing fixtures? And do you want your skin less dry? My question to the customer is, what do we use in the house, All, besides air conditioning, of course, here in Arizona, but is water? And the water is going everywhere. It's going to your pipes, your water heater, and it's destroying it over a period of time. So think about it. Yes, the initial cost may be a little expensive, but in the long run, it pays itself off in two to three years. Okay. It's something that's going to last you 20 to 30 years. Well, the other dimension of water treatment that I know you have to deal with on an hourly basis, I have to deal with it on a weekly basis, is the question, yeah, yeah but if I use salt to soften my water, I'm going to die in two weeks. If that was so true, <laughs> you would never be able to dip your little piggies into the Pacific Ocean or maybe down the Louisiana Bayou. We're talking about the sodium uh, ionic exactly. exchange that we use, the technology we use to actually soften water. And if you pour a glass of the soft water and drink it, how much sodium are you ingesting? Actually, I tell the customers take a liter of soft water from the bathroom sink, wherever it may be. Consume it. It's 180 milligrams. Slice of white bread, tablespoon of peanut butter, 8-ounce glass of milk. Very, very small amount. You're going to get a lot more drinking out of soda pop. Whatever oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. A soda pop is, is multiple times that, for but sure. But running it through the second part of the package, which is the purification system, the membrane eliminates the sodium. So you have healthy, purified, sodium-free water. I want to come back and talk more about that second stage of treatment. We've treated the water by softening it, bring it into the house. Now, what are we going to do once we 
bring it to the kitchen sink and we want to deliver it to the pot to cook our rice, to make our tea, make our coffee, deliver it to the ice cube man- maker in the refrigerator to make sure you got good, clear, clean ice. That's the second level. It's called reverse osmosis, and we'll cover that when we're back right after this. You're tuned in to Rosie on the House, where we're broadcasting live from the Tucson Convention Center for the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association Weekend Home Show. The show has just opened at 10 o'clock. It's open through 6 this evening. Tomorrow it's open 10 to 5. It is free parking at the Tucson Convention Center. Come on down here. Whatever it is you're thinking about getting done in, about, and around your house, they've got the experts down here to visit with you. And if it's water treatment you're talking about, we've got Jack Eversole here from Tucson, Connecticut, visiting on water treatment, where we had the question from the uh, Pima uh, County homeowner that we are actually posting their article in the Arizona Daily Star tomorrow about do I need a water treatment system. And we also have uh, the caller that called in earlier today wanting to compare brand X and brand Y. Rosie, why do you recommend one brand over the other? I do it for very specific reasons called research. Uh, Folks, if you want to know if... I approve or disapprove of a particular brand name of equipment. Just go to my website, rosieonthehouse.com, and search water softeners. In Tucson, you'll find Jack Eversole of Connecticut. Jack, we've talked about treating the water, bringing it into the house, softening it through the water softener ionic exchange. Now we've got that water softened in the house what do we do to it next? Describe the technology of what we do with it next. Thank you, Rosie. The second part of the package is to use reverse osmosis, and we call it the drinking water station. Uh, that system has a thin film membrane, and that membrane eliminates the inorganics, including sodium. So it will produce sodium-free purified water at your kitchen sink through a dedicated faucet and fed to the refrigerator. And basically, water is forced through a semi-permeable membrane. And it eliminates inorganics like calcium, magnesium, uh, sodium, crypto, spiritium, gerardia, ethaniba, iron even. I mean, it's multiple filters exactly. stacked up. Exactly. And we're actually certified for 99.999% removal of all these impurities, including bacteria and viruses. You have E. coli in the water. That happened to me a few weeks ago with a customer on the east side of town who was on well water. Most of our business is city water, but occasionally we get the well water people, they get E. coli in their water, iron, and other little impurities. And this is taken out through that purification system, your personal health. Okay, I'm going to hit you with a trick question. I had a woman with her hair on fire uh, at the last home show telling me that RO water robs your body of the minerals it needs and sucks all the energy out of your brain. Not true. That would be distillation. Goodness. Wow. It was bad, Roman. It was really bad. <laughs> a DI system, a distiller, it's a heating process. And you've got to use 15, 20 gallons of water to produce one gallon of purified water. Yes, that will take all the impurities out of the water. We still leave some of the, need some of the vital vitamins that we need on a day-to-day basis. But the main vitamins we want for our health are through the foods, dairy products, vitamins that we take on a daily basis. Okay. How about the concept that... Uh, Conventional water treatment equipment is so acidic it can eat away at your innards and, and destroy your plumbing system. Not true. Not true. If but you, these are all things we have to deal with. I agree. But if you actually take the water and test it, 
Reverse osmosis water is about 7.2 to 7.4 parts per million. So no, it is not acidic. A lot more through that little 8-ounce glass of orange juice every day or other foods and products you may drink or eat. Well, I've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times that your industry, the water treatment business, is literally flooded with so much misinformation and bad information. I, I, I'm empathetic to those of you that represent the reputable brands. Exactly right. And we go into the house and we try to s clear fiction from fact. And that's our main presentation. This is what we have to offer. There are products out there that will take out chlorine taste and odor. And that's their basic limitation. And if you're okay with living with that, great. But most folks do not like that hard calcium buildup because it destroys everything in the house, let alone your skin and your hair. And what about the scare tactics? I used to tell people if somebody's in your house using scare tactics about what's in the water system, that you have the wrong person on the job. But in the last few years, there have been some, some news outbreaks of, of municipal water systems actually delivering some pretty scary stuff. There is. And uh, certain municipalities, even local in the state here, they find high levels of uh, chromium-6, hexavalent chromium, which is what made Aaron Brockovich famous, a carcinogenic. And the purification system, reverse osmosis, will limit it to a, take it down to a healthier level at 97.6% reduction. I've done a bit of reading on the water treatment industry uh, at the International Builders Show, visiting with people and, and, and engineers and stuff. And a lot of them are, are saying, Rosie, it, it really is going to get down to what we call f final barrier. It, you know, it's going to get to the point, really, that if you, if you do want secured, safe drinking water, you're going to really need to make sure of that at your own property. Do your research, folks. Do your homework. Have a couple companies come out, include us, of course. Uh, we've been around for 30, or excuse me, 47 years, all-American company. We test the water. We make tea for you. We want to show you the difference between what you're drinking now and what you could be drinking. But do that homework and include calling the Arizona Water Quality Association. They're there for you, the consumer. And they're completely uh, objective. They represent many, many brands of equipment. Uh, but if you're looking at buying water treatment equipment that can't show you their water quality certified, don't consider buying the equipment, period. I can't make correct. it any simpler than that. You're correct. Jack Eversol, Tucson, Connecticut. Go. Bear down, Arizona. Bear it's down. Saturday, Arizona and Colorado Buffaloes. We go for the win. Bear down, Arizona fans. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, broadcasting from the Tucson Convention Center for the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association Home Show. They say, up your game. Get to the home show this weekend. Open today, 10 to 6. Tomorrow, 10 to 5. Free parking, Tucson Convention Center. The Saba home show we're here at rosie on the house and uh if you've got a question about security or smoke alarms which happens to be the topic of our blog we posted in our email newsletter this week we would invite you to give us a ring because we've got an expert here that can visit through the topic with you one 767 4348 mr jared wright owner of techno security rosie certified 
security company operating uh, pretty much statewide. Statewide, yeah. yeah. Jared, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I've been in the security industry since 2002. I was working for one of the big national companies you see out there. And uh, like every entrepreneur, decided it was time to start it up for myself. So went into business. Techna's been around in Arizona since uh, end of 2006. So a little over a decade in business here. I see it all the home shows. I see it the home yeah. shows in Tucson. I see it the home shows Flagstaff. in Flagstaff. I see <laughs> yeah. it the home shows in Phoenix. We're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, trying to get out there. We're really focused on the Arizona market, though. We're really a local Arizona company. We don't we don't advertise anywhere outside of Arizona. We're really focused on the Arizona homeowner. Well, let's talk a little bit about the topic we've got in our blog today. All you need to know about smoke alarms. Talk through what's available out there. So. For the past few decades, there's primarily only been two options in the smoke detector industry. You've got your photoelectric and your ionization smoke detector. One is more so going to be looking for a smoldering fire. That's your photoelectric smoke detector. And the other is an ionization, which is more looking for an open flame when we don't have as maybe as much smoke yet. Historically, most people are picking one or the other, and they're just going to put those all over the home. You don't really know what type of fire is going to break out. So thankfully, in the last few years, most smoke detector manufacturers now have a combination unit. So it's got a photoelectric in one. one. Yeah, it's built into there all together. And now whether you have a... So it'll go off twice as often. (laughs) So interesting you say that. When you have a smoke detector that is monitored... So that means if you're not home, it's going to call the fire department for you automatically. Those will only be a photoelectric because your ionization is a lot more sensitive. It's going to go off when you blow out the birthday candles and that type of thing. So when you're home, maybe you're okay with that, being a little over-notified. But uh, if it's going to be monitored and it's going to call the fire department for you, yeah, it's going to be the less sensitive type. Well, the stats on deaths in home fires mm-hmm. with or without smoke alarms m- mandates you sh- everyone should have a smoke alarm i mean it, the 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 difference is incredible you know what's interesting rosie is the statistics going back to 1977 when the nfpa started uh taking statistics on this the number of home fires in the united states has gone down pretty dramatically meanwhile our population has increased by one-third but the percentage for deaths that are happening in fires has not improved very much. So we're doing a lot better job of preventing fires, the PSA advertisements about replacing your lint filter in the dryer and not you know, smoking in the house maybe. But when we do have a fire, we're not doing a very good job of protecting people, reducing injuries or reducing deaths. And I have some opinions on that, but yeah, overall, we're doing a way better job of preventing the fire, but once the fire's broken out, we uh, we have a little bit of work to do. Well, starting tomorrow, October 8th, starts the National Fire Prevention Week, so that's why we opted to jump on this t- topic this particular week and in today's particular broadcast. So what are some of your opinions of, of why that, that is the case? Why are we facing that brutal statistic? Yeah, that's a good question. My opinion, I think we've got we've got a lot of smoke detectors out there, so thankfully we're we're putting more into homes, which is a big improvement. But the new trend on the market and it's something is better than nothing is the new smart smoke detectors and we can get into that in a bit. My opinion is this. 
if your home, and they say more people are going to die in a fire from the smoke than from the fire, yes, we need to do a better job of notifying a third party. If you have a smart smoke detector that's going to notify you on your phone, well, if you can't dial 911, it's not doing a whole lot for you. So in my opinion, obviously I'm biased because I'm in the monitored business for security and fire. I want a smoke detector that if I'm not responding is going to call the fire department for me automatically. And that's what a monitored smoke detector is going to do for you as opposed to just beeping away. You might be in a condition where you can't get up and get out or call 911. So I really think a monitored smoke detector that's going to call a third party, uh, maybe an emergency contact, a neighbor, or the fire department, that, in my opinion, that's less than 1% of the homes in the United States have something that's going to be monitored smoke detector-wise. Now, Jared, I'm not sure you're old enough to remember this, but I am. When smoke detectors first came out, you could actually call your local fire department, and they would come out and do a free check and a battery replacement for you. Yeah, you don't <laughs> see that too often anymore. Talk about the batteries people should be using in their smoke okay. detectors. I think this is critical. So there, this is a big change in the industry. So for while I was growing up and for years and years, they used to say, change your battery when you change your clocks. So we're talking twice a year. Now, you might want to look at the batteries in your smoke detector. And if it's a nickel cadmium or what are some of the other batteries out there, you might, you might want to change them more often. So if it's a lithium ion smoke detector battery, there are a lot of smoke detector products that are coming out now that you can't even change the battery. It's called a worry-free or a hassle-free smoke detector. It's a sealed battery. You can't even change it if you want to, and these are good for about 10 years. So if you're putting a lithium ion battery in there, I don't want to say don't change your batteries, but you do not need to change them that often. Those batteries are going to be good for about 7 to 10 years. So if you've got an older nickel cadmium or any other type of battery, yeah, it might be time to upgrade that battery because it's going to last a heck of a lot longer. Well, and then you have the, the, the smoke detector itself that starts chirping, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's always a pleasant sound. Isn't that nice? But the thing about the lithium is they're a much slower death battery, right? That's right, yep. So that's why when you go to, you know... Uncle Bob's house at Thanksgiving and it's beeping and you go back at Christmas and it's still beeping. He's probably got a probably got a lithium battery in there. So it's going to give you a little bit more notification then. It just starts beeping for a few days. And if you're out of town, that's right. you might come back and have missed that because it died because you didn't have a lithium battery in there. But But when you put the smoke detector up, you read the instructions and it said to test it once a month. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I Without think, fail, I, every month, man, I, I'm right there. I think First so. of the month, I'm up there testing And, Rosie, you also alarms. drink your uh, gallon of water and work out for 30 minutes every day the, as well? The, well, let's not go. We're talking smoke detectors, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think on some of the smoke detectors, it actually is stamped on the face, test once a month. It will, yeah. yeah. And the other nice thing about them is they'll also have the date on it. So you can uh, see exactly when did I get this thing, how old is the battery in there. You can usually see the the date the smoke detector was made, so you have a rough idea of how old it really is. Well, and being in as many homes as I'm in, I can't tell you the number of times I'm in the house and you see the door to the smoke uh, uh, detector just hanging open. Yep. And 
and, see it all the and time. And it just too. lives like that mm-hmm. because it was beeping and they couldn't get it to stop beeping. Or they just so, disconnected the smoke detector entirely <laughs> and said, I'm done with this. Let's talk about locations because code has actually re- not recently changed, but in the last five or six years it's changed about where we're supposed to put these smoke detectors. And you talked about the two different kinds, mm-hmm. and there are actually very specific kinds that you want in different areas of your home you bet so yeah like you were mentioning years ago when you go into older homes you used to see smoke detectors throughout a kitchen area you know if you go into new construction homes that are being built now they you're not going to see a smoke detector anywhere near the kitchen (laughs) they uh they're just going to be beeping away as you're burning as you're (laughs) burning cooking your food so yeah you typically want to have your smoke detectors placed specifically in your bedrooms and hallways to bedroom areas and it used to be we could set one in a hall outside all the bedrooms. Code no change. No, yeah, no longer. Every now you have bedroom. One, every bedroom. So when you see these open floor plans in Arizona now, you'll see one in a hallway, a couple of feet more down the hallway. There's a bedroom here, another one in a hallway. So, yeah, we've really, we've really changed that whole procedure to have more smoke detectors. And you really want to focus them. I would never say select one location but if you were going to select the most important place it would definitely be near sleeping areas absolutely that's going to be where the fire can start when you're least likely to catch it for sure and you're most susceptible to falling victim to it yep because when you're asleep i mean if you're awake and you see smoke you're probably going to be able to react to that it's when you're sleeping that's uh that's when the fire's gotten dangerous all right so we talked about the photovoltaic and the secondary Ionization. ionization Is there a place, like, what What should I put in my garage? Well, in a garage, you're probably more going to be looking for a, I would do a combination. I would do a combination smoke detector everywhere. It's just so hard to determine what type of device you're going to have. You know, if you're going to put it in the garage, I would probably recommend having the combination and a carbon monoxide detector in there as well, because now you can get into the ionization, the photovoltaic, now you got a car running in there, so that, that I mean that can be a dangerous situation. You're doing some repair work on your vehicle in the garage, leave it running in there, think that there's no problem. A lot of people get it confused that the danger coming out of your tailpipe, oh, I can smell that. That's easy to notice. That's just your combustion engine burning the gas and you're smelling that. But the actual dangerous part, the carbon monoxide leaking into the home, you're not going to smell that. So I'd get a smoke detector that has a CO detector built into it if you were going to place one in a garage. All right. And then you say don't put them in about and around a kitchen. But that's probably one of the primary places home fires start. So How do you combat that? Here's the reasoning behind that. If you're not going to have one, and when you see building code and new construction where you're not having smoke detectors anywhere near the kitchen anymore, thought process behind that is you're pretty aware of what you've just done in the kitchen. It's usually <laughs> it's usually not going to self-combust. You probably don't have things in the fridge that are going to spark up. It's usually, uh, you know, Rosie's Thanksgiving dinner, he's cooking. He knows he's done something, and it's sparked up in there. So usually you're reactive to that fire because you're right there. I have, on occasion at my house, we, we have a gas cooked up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have to be careful not to overfill the teapot and when I want to boil water because it will boil to the part of extinguishing the flame, mm-hmm. but that doesn't turn the gas off. Sure. So 
you know, I can start my morning tea, go out to the swimming pool and be brushing the pool and come back inside and have the flame out. But the other dangerous thing is having something going on in the kitchen. And this happened a couple of times in our house. It's a busy house. (laughs) Uh, Have a a dish towel or something just a little bit too close to an open flame and come back and be welcomed by, oh, some smoking a little bit there. Oh, yeah, I think that the reasoning behind moving it out of the kitchen is they don't want to lull people into a sense of the smoke detector is just always crying wolf. Because yeah. if it's just yes, constantly yes. going off, people are going to start losing faith in it. So they would rather pull it out of the kitchen and have it actually going off when there's a more likely event happening than all these false alarms. And then people are going to say, forget this thing. We're here with Jared Wright of Techno Security, and we'll be back talking about security systems right after this. Tomorrow starts the National Fire Prevention Week. So in our blog that got delivered to any of you that subscribe to our e-newsletter, Got delivered to you on Thursday. We're talking about know almost everything you need to know about smoke alarms. And we're here with Jared Wright of Techno Security, Rosie Certified Statewide Security Provider for uh, you, the Arizona homeowners. And this is the segment where when we close the show, we try and give you information you can't get anywhere else. And, Jared, you have a very unique perspective on how to truly monitor and provide real security at a home. Talk through a homeowner's options. For decades and decades, the only option in home security was when your alarm goes off, it's going to send a signal to a monitoring station who's then going to call you and or call the police or fire department. And for years, when we installed those systems, which Mm -hmm. are the systems I grew up with, we had to encase that pliable line in some kind of nearly impenetrable conduit, uh, steel galvanized or something, because you could technically disable the system with a pair of wire cutters. You could. Anybody could walk up to it, snip it, and you've lost your security system. It's still going to beep, but that's not what you're paying for. You're paying for the police to be notified and for yourself to be notified. So... About a decade ago, we then came out with the cellular communication. This was the big change in the alarm industry. So somebody can come up, cut your phone line. They can even cut your power. You got backup battery. It doesn't matter. You're still up and running, no problem. One of my concerns in the security industry is we've come full circle. A lot of the the security companies out there to offer the services where you can arm and disarm remotely from your phone, they're involving the Internet in the monitoring of these. So we're back to the same problem of having a line that can be cut or damaged, thereby interrupting the entire reason of having a monitored security system. So what we like to focus on for not only our smoke detectors, but also the security system is being cellular monitored. This doesn't use your cell phone or your cell phone minutes. It literally means the security system has a uh, cellular communication in there. So people can cut your phone lines. They can cut your Internet. It's not going to affect the monitoring of the alarm system whatsoever. Now, that's information you're not going to get just any place. It's a lot of information people don't know. So not only that, but with that cellular monitoring, you can still arm and disarm your system from your smartphone. But now it's operating through the cell phone towers in your neighborhood. 
you can see who's coming in, who's leaving the house, give out codes, find out when the neighbor or whoever came and left the house using their codes. That operation is really popular, but most companies are doing that through internet. And again, once you involve the internet in your security system, you've come full circle back to 20 years ago. Now we're just cutting internet lines and your, your security system is non-functional. Jared Wright, Techno Security, the Rosie Certified Statewide Security Service Provider. We appreciate you taking time because we had to yank you out of your booth. You're, yeah, we're you're, down here at the Tucson Home Show. <laughs> you're down there. Have we got Susan manning your booth she's for you there. right now? Yeah, she's down there. Susan Kreger from Rosie on the House is in your booth, hopefully yeah. uh, not letting people just walk by and, and getting anyone that's I interested. would bet you're monitoring your booth through your smartphone and you've got a video <laughs> web and you know exactly who's there doing what right now. Susan, get back to work. Yeah. Stop no, she's texting. Great. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming up and, and joining us for a few minutes because – there have Thanks, been Rosie. some new developments in the industry and in the trade, and it wasn't one that I knew intimately well, so I appreciate your expertise being put to bear for the benefit of all the Arizona on the homeowners who are tuned Thanks in. Thanks for having us. All right, man. Uh, if people wanted to reach you, if you, since you are the only Rosie Certified Security Provider in the state, yeah. we may have piqued somebody's interest about getting a service provider. Two ways they can get a hold of us. Number one, of course, go to the website, www.technasystems.com. That's systems, plural. Or give us a call at 877-835-6287. That's Techna USA. And Techna is T-E-K-N-A. T-E-K-N-A, systems. You got it. There you go. Jared Wright, owner, founder, president, boss. Judge and jury. <laughs> They're judge and jury. We appreciate it. Thanks a minute. Thanks, Rosie. Well, that wraps up our show for today. It sure has been a lot of fun with Jennifer doing the first two hours from Prescott and the folk festival that's going on up there all weekend at the Charlotte Hall Museum. It sounded like she was really having a blast. I'll be surprised if when I get home tonight she's home. And it I, bet she, I bet she stays at the Spring Hill Suites a second night. And hangs out there for all that good music. It made me start thinking, I wonder just how fast Eric's airplane is. <laughs> Could we have done the broadcast at 7 to 8 in Prescott? And could he have us here in Tucson, you know, during that 12-minute break? I don't know if his plane's that fast. My Raptor is. <laughs> <laughs> no, Challenge is on. If you, if you see somebody driving irresponsibly in a Ford Raptor, it's not me. I'm the most responsible guy in the world, unless you're back on some really – remote where there's no possibility of any danger to other public or people around there's a small (laughs) chance it could be someone i know so what have you got coming up for us next week buddy uh let's see is he will be the second saturday of the month we'll be talking trees with john eisenhower of integrity tree service our annual our excuse me our monthly uh talking trees program with a certified arborist that'll be the outdoor living hour at eight o'clock Nine o'clock open lines as always, and ten o'clock we will have two specialists talking a uh, little bit of hibernation for the backyard, the solar safe pool covers to hibernate your pool, yes. and uh, Arizona outdoor landscape lighting to enjoy that nice, cool nice. outdoor air coming into our holiday entertaining season. Join us next Saturday right here at Rosie on the House. We're here at Saba and Tucson the rest of the weekend. Come out and see us. <laughs>